Hi again, everybody. This is Welcome to the Ville, the official podcast of the Louisville Cardinals. I'm Nick Curran. Thanks for being with us. However, you have found the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. We certainly appreciate you streaming the podcast, downloading it, and if you could subscribe, that would be great as well. Also, be sure to throw a rating our way if you get a chance. We certainly appreciate those. Our guest this week uh, in a unique position as everything kind of came down with with COVID-19 in an Olympic year and someone that was gearing up for those 2020 Olympics and is now gearing up for the 2021 Olympics. UofL swimming great, uh, Olympic gold medalist, national champion, Kelsey World Dahlia. Thanks, uh, thanks so much for uh, for joining us. How are you? I'm great, Nick. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's uh, wild times, I guess. In a in a normal um, Olympic year, I I think uh, all the kind of the swimming meet portion of it of the Olympics would have, I believe, wrapped up this past weekend. And it's it's kind of a a pretty big change from where we expected to be at this point in 2020 versus where we are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's just been wild. If you would have said even in the beginning of March, middle of March, that the Olympics would not be happening this summer. I don't know if any Olympic hopeful would have believed you, but here we are. And it's just, we're just doing what we can to continue to train and prepare now for our new target of next summer. Yeah. Everything postponed a year. Um, that kind of where I want to start, I have read, uh, a couple of different uh, articles and, and saw a, a TV story about you and and challenges you have faced in that in that regard of of training. W- what's it been like trying to train, uh, especially during the uh, the early stages of all this? Well, yeah, I remember I was training uh, March twelfth, the day that swimming NCAAs got canceled and I thought, well, do I need to go buy my own stationary bike? <laughs> is that what <laughs> this is going to come down to? And come to find out it would have been a really good decision to have just gone ahead and do that because that was the last day I also got to swim. And so the pools were closed down until June 1st. So during those, those weeks, I was just doing what I could to stay busy at home. I would go on walks with my dog Kiwi. We met a lot of our neighbors around the neighborhood. I would just try to be as creative as I could. I I rented a lot of CrossFit gym equipment. So the best part was being able to stay consistent with my strength program, still working with coach Jason Durking. So I could at least maintain my strength while my aerobics and my feel for the water might have changed a lot. At least I was able to even maybe get a little bit stronger. And then I did end up uh, partnering with a a pool company called iPool and was able to get a little nine by 12 foot pool in my backyard. And I would just swim in place for 45 minutes to an hour every day. And definitely not exactly swimming in a a 25 yard or 50 meter pool, but uh, still able to keep the feel of the water can keep up with my kick because those are the things I just really couldn't imitate on land. Yeah, so didn't go right and get the stationary bike, but you did end up with like a a stationary pool, I guess, uh, in your in your backyard. And, and reading about that, what 
I, I, I know that's not obviously simulating, as you said, what, what you would like to be, you know, it's not exactly the same as, as being in, in, in an actual pool, but um, how tough was it psychologically? I, I would imagine it's kind of a weird thing to like, you're used to swimming and, and that is advancing you and you're, you're trying to go as fast as possible. But in that case, you are just, you're just staying in place. That has to be a pretty, a pretty tough thing to get used to, I would think. Oh, definitely. And, and also just a, a big adjustment to have to tell myself what to do rather than to be coached. But I would rather than measuring by distance, I would say, okay, how many strokes would I take in that distance? And then I would swim for that many strokes, take a little bit of a break and then swim again. So really I was just trying to get some aerobic work done and I would, I was able to do some sprint work too. So I could do what it would be like to do like a 25 fast, but without being able to push off the wall and do flip turns, that was the biggest adjustment when the pools did open again, was trying to get back the hypoxic part of the sport. Yeah. How, how long have you been able to be back in, in a pool? June 1st was our first practice back and we did a good job easing back in. And uh, the last month or so, maybe even more, we've been uh, as back to full training as we could. We've been doing doubles a couple of days a week and we've been swimming outside. So that's been a big adjustment was after training inside for so long now trying to adjust to with training in, under the sun. So I'm the tannest I've been in a long, long time. <laughs> and so that's been a positive for sure. Yeah. There's always a silver lining in everything. Um, what, yeah. It, there was a quote in the um, the the story that Pat Forty did about you back in June, and you said, um, "If you spend a day out of the water, it takes two days to get back." Have you have you gotten back yet? Like, where do you feel like you are now? Now that you've been able to kind of be back in the pool for for an extended period of time, I know it would take a while to kind of get everything built back up. But but where do you feel like you are? Yeah, I feel like my time out of the pool, I was trying to minimize those one-to-one, like one day out equals another day that you have to work to get back in. So I feel like I'm in a really good shape now. Uh, every Saturday we normally do something fast off the block. And so I'm feeling like I'm, I'm getting there. I'm pretty beat down right now with how heavy I've been lifting. So I think that's a good sign. And we're going to do a little bit of racing in practice this weekend. And that'll just be another way to measure, to see, how the work we've been doing, what, where we're at really. You, uh, you alluded to this a little bit earlier, but, um, back in March when, when all this was kind of happening and, um, different sports were getting canceled, obviously the, the NCAA basketball tournaments were, were a big one. The NBA season was suspended and everyone was paying, uh, attention to that, um, you know, what were, what were you doing and, and what, what was that like to see all of this stuff kind of, uh, kind of closing up and, and recognizing, um, what you had hopefully coming up in, in the summer was, was, uh, obviously a, a pretty big year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thinking back to that time, like I remember in January, December, uh, when the virus was just starting in China and I remember thinking, oh, well, that's, so far away. That's the other side of the world. We're going to be fine here. And so when things started to get canceled in March, I think it was when 
our church got canceled and I was like, wow, okay, this is really happening. This is really getting really serious. And so it, uh, I was disappointed. My last meet was the, uh, second weekend in March, March 5th and 6th, or maybe first weekend. And I swam really well and I was getting really excited going into the next phase of training that we were going to have leading into the summer. So it's just, crazy looking back how everything worked out and as you kind of see all that happening and stuff getting canceled you mentioned the the last meet you had there in early march how how stressful was it um you, you know obviously at the beginning we didn't know what was going to happen with the olympics were those going to be postponed or 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 not and and all that that was a big question for a while how kind of stressful was it for you you know, I know as things are shutting down, you're thinking you, you've got to train because the, the Olympics and, and qualifying and all that is coming up. Um, how, uh, how stressful was that time as you were kind of frantically trying to figure out what to do to get ready for a, a pretty big thing in your life, the Olympics? Mm-hmm. Well, in the very beginning, it was really stressful. I got sort of like a cold and I have asthma. So whenever I get any sort of cold, it goes to my lungs and that's a symptom of COVID-19. So I went to the doctors really just to get some sort of thing to help me with my lungs. And they went ahead and did a test. And so at this point, they were like, we don't think anything is wrong, but just to be very, very safe, we're going to go ahead. And so I thought, okay, this is fine. The test is going to take a couple days. It's good for my body to rest anyway. But it turned out took over a week to get Mm. the results back. And that was when I'm really trying my best to stay as calm as I could thinking, okay, this is a week I'm out of the water <laughs> and a week at that time was a, a lot of time. And, uh, so I was just trying to do what I could at that point to stay calm. And then as things escalated more and more, it was really a big relief when we found out that the games would be postponed a year because there was going to be so many people all over the world that would be risking their health or other health to, find ways to, to train and maybe by breaking the law or whatever that looked like, because, uh, training looks different everywhere, but, uh, and that would be the priority rather than just keeping everyone safe. Um, so I think it was a great decision that I'm grateful that they were able to make pretty early on. Yeah. How did that, how did that kind of change? Um, I don't know if it changed the, the urgency or, or just kind of changed how you, obviously went about things knowing that that you had that now extra year that I, you mentioned it was a relief but but how did that kind of change what what you were looking to do well it was t- tough at first I, a lot of emotions to sort through this year was yeah. my toughest year mentally that I've ever had and right when I was starting to really enjoy training again was when everything stopped. So I'm wrestling through, okay, well, God, what does this mean for my swimming? Now I have to wait a whole nother year. We've been training hard. I've sacrificed so much, so much family time, so much just other time with friends to keep training. And I've given up a lot of like of sweets, whatever, the, whatever, uh, just so that way I can give everything I have. And now this goal is pushed back a year, but when we're looking at the health and the lives of so many people, it was definitely the best decision. And, um, a year is, is a year. It's just, it'll, when we look back on this, we'll think 
we'll have a whole another perspective. And so I think it, having that perspective of just saying, okay, I'm grateful that I can be healthy, that um, ha- I have the support that I have, um, that definitely gives me a lot more peace of mind than just singularly focusing on my goal, I guess. Yeah, and, and definitely a, a lot of stuff that, that none of us can control. That, that's very true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going back now, it's it's obviously been uh, four years, the Olympic experience in, in 2016. Uh, what was that like? How awesome was that to, to be able to represent your country in the Olympics? Yeah, it is crazy that it was four years ago already. <laughs> and the sixth was the day that I swam on the first day of the, the the meet. So, um, it's some, some ways looking back, it feels like a dream and that's crazy that it happened that I got to be there. And, uh, it was definitely surreal. Uh, just taking it all in, walking through the village, seeing all different athletes from all over the world decked out in their country's uniform and getting to cheer for some of the fastest swimming events that we've ever had. And so individually, I wasn't really pleased with how I swam. And so that's really kept me hungry over the years. I missed making the Olympic final on the 100 fly by 0.04. So that was really, really tough to miss the chance to earn an individual medal by such a small amount after working for so hard for so long. But thankfully, because we have so much depth in USA swimming and we're the best swimming country in the world that I was able to be on the prelims of the 400 medley relay on the seventh day of the meet. And that was the race out I was a part of to win the gold medal. So I was on the prelims, which meant four different girls swam the finals race. And so I was actually in the stands when I won my gold medal, which was not at all how I expected my experience to go. And so that's really kept me hungry since then to have that podium experience. And I've had that in amazing ways at the world championships. Uh, Even my first time was with Mallory Comerford. We got to be on the Mm -hmm. podium together at the world championships in 2017. So, and then I've got to be on world championships, um, uh, world record breaking relays also. So I've got to have those amazing swims since then. And I don't know if I had had that podium top, top of the podium experience at my first Olympics, if that would have kept me as hungry. So, uh, I know that God was working in that and he's still working in the pandemic. So while my Olympic experience wasn't what I hoped for, I learned so much from it and I'm so grateful. I learned I need to slow down often. I I'd like to take things with too much urgency and I waste too much energy by just walking too fast sometimes. So I learned that I need to slow down and save that energy for my races rather than to make the next bus. So, uh, yeah, so I learned a lot and can't believe that it was four years ago already. Yeah. That's so interesting. You know, there, there are obviously big meets and big competitions and other sports you have yearly, um, you know, there are their tournaments or whatever the case may be to try to be like at the peak. But I guess, you know, going into the Olympics, the, the only way to, to know what it's going to be like and what to prepare for is to do it right. Like that there's really no other way to, to know what comes with that experience. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is unlike any other. And I'm grateful I got to go to the Pan American Games the summer before the Olympics in 2016. So that was like a village setting, but it was a much smaller group of athletes, much less pressure type of meet. So going to the Olympics on that much bigger stage was pretty overwhelming. Yeah, that had to be a pretty incredible uh, experience. And and now kind of changing gears, going from that back to, um, back to, I guess, getting started, uh, uh, was, was swimming grew up in, you know, in New Jersey, was swimming always your thing or, or were, were there other sports? Uh, how, how did you end up settling on swimming? Well, I did like dabble. I tried out for a couple of things. I tried out for soccer one year, but with my asthma, it just wasn't a good fit. And I also did clogging for one year and then I tried some piano, but (laughs) nothing was really like the fit like swimming was. I'm just not very coordinated on land. So I found my home in the pool and yeah, committed to that probably by the time I was nine was when I just said, I'm just going to do swimming. And obviously it's, it's been an amazing decision. Uh, How did you end up at Louisville coming out of high school? Why did you, why did you pick Louisville? So it's, it is a funny story. I was getting different emails from different coaches and I got an email from uh, one of the coaches at the time, Rachel Komisars, and I recognized her from my USA Swimming Splash magazine that I would just read cover <laughs> to cover every two, two months when it arrived. And she's a 2004 Olympian. I thought, wow, like Rachel Komisars, she's a butterflyer and she wants me to swim for her school. That would be so cool. And I wanted to go somewhere warm for coming from New Jersey. I wanted to go a little farther away. And so I read, she's from Louisville. And I thought that is in Louisiana and I want to go there. That's a warm place. (laughs) (laughs) And come to find out it is in Kentucky and really not much warmer than New Jersey. We're hardly South. It's really just West of New Jersey. So, um, but I decided, okay, I want to take a, a recruiting trip there and my faith is a huge part of my life. And I knew going to college, I wanted to continue to pursue my faith. And I met uh, Chris Morgan from Fellowship of Christian Mm -hmm. Athletes on my trip and found out that a lot of other girls were involved. And so that was a really big factor in making my decision. And I really enjoyed meeting the coaches and the, the team. And I also really was focused on my academics as well. I Going in, I had no intention of swimming after my four years at Louisville. So I was really focused on my academics. I was going to go, I think I, I think I was going thinking about like medical school coming in, but then I turned to physical therapy school. So even halfway through uh, my time at Louisville, I thought, yeah, PT school is happening after I graduate. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's awesome. That is a great story. And, uh, and glad you glad you stuck with it, even even knowing it's not exactly uh, a super warm weather destination. Yeah. <laughs> um, wh- what was it like? He he's been a guest on this podcast uh, um, a couple months ago. What was it like swimming for uh, for Arthur Albiero? Oh, so Arthur's like become my second dad here. Uh, this will be my ninth year swimming for him. So their family is like my family and. We have a, a good relationship that he can 
read me pretty much without me even saying anything just with my body language. And we've been able to travel the world together. He was in Rio, went to Pan Ams with me Mm -hmm. and all the, the national team trips since. So I'm so grateful for him and the whole staff there. And he's definitely changed the trajectory of my career and my life since coming to Louisville. You, um, your, your college career was an interesting time because, um, you came in, the school was still in the big East and then you were, you were kind of right in that sweet spot Mm -hmm. when, um, the transition was happening from the big East into the, the ACC. What, what was that like from, from your perspective with, you know, entering in one conference and then being in, uh, in school and, and part of, uh, part of the U of L swimming program during a very exciting time transitioning into, uh, into, into the ACC and, and that platform. It was really surreal. Just, I remember in my recruiting process, I was a pretty decent recruit, but I just kind of counted myself out from a, a lot of the really big schools and Louisville has become a really big school, but in 2011 in the swimming realm, it was they were on the trajectory going up. So when we were made it into the ACC, I'm like, wow, this is the big leagues. And we're beating a lot of teams that I didn't even think I could be recruited to. So it was such a, such a cool time. And our team just really excelled and did so well um, in the transition into the ACC that year, we were sixth in the country. So uh, it's been really cool just to see that, that transition through the conferences and even the school's improvement over the eight years that I've been here as well. Yeah, definitely a lot of growth. Um, this is, this is going to be a probably tough one and you may have, uh, many answers to it, but, but that, that's great. Favorite memories from your time swimming, uh, at UofL. Oh, that is really hard. Um, well, my favorite meet was, the uh, 2015 NCAA championship. So this is the the first year that I broke the American record in the hundred fly. And uh, it was so special because I had so many teammates there to share it with. And they all swore me afterwards and we went, had a big group hug and I had a lot of family in the stands as well. So getting to share that moment. And that was the first year that our team broke into the top 10 nationally. And so it still seems so crazy that, that we went from 15th to sixth and uh, we worked really hard and I'm really proud of that. And, Oh, um, I loved like attending like basketball and football games. I can't pick one, but being a part of the student athletes, I remember just going to soccer games too. And we were, just doing like the funniest cheers, like sometimes against the other team, but mainly for our soccer team too. And just, uh, yeah, being a student athlete is so fun. And uh, while I don't miss some parts, there's uh, being part of a team is just something you can't replicate now um, that I'm swimming kind of for myself, but so grateful that I'm still able to be around U of L. My brother is a going into his junior year on the team, uh, also swimming. So it's fun that I still get to live a little bit vicariously through him and his experience on the team. And so I'm still really invested in swim team and uh, all the sports as a whole. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Uh, 
what's when you get a chance to I, I know you're obviously very busy as well but but when you when you get a chance to uh to see your brother swim what's that like to to kind of watch him and and watch him doing you know swimming for the same program you swam for Oh, when I'm in town, I'm at every meet, so I'm definitely uh, a big cheerleader in the stands, and he works so hard, and he's still putting pieces together, and I just see the hard work that he puts into it and the uh, the team player that he is as well. He's learning what it looks like to be a leader on the team and uh, the seeing the interactions he has with the coaches and other teammates as well is just so fun to see. and. Um, really proud of, of the work he's done and he is balancing speed school as well as being on the team. So uh, that's the most impressive thing to me. Yeah, that, that is, uh, that is definitely uh, quite the undertaking. You were thinking about going into med school when you came into swim, he's in the speed <laughs> school. That is um, you, you clearly uh, have an ambitious gene in you. It would seem like, <laughs> Well, he's at least stuck to it. Um, I, <laughs> I could not. <laughs> but still, still have uh, everything with with physical therapy lined up, which I'm sure was uh, not an easy thing to get through either. Um, something we've we've kind of asked everybody, and I know, um, you know, there's there's been so much training that that you've been doing, kind of a, a unique situation for you as compared to a lot of people that that we've talked to on on the podcast but is there is there anything you've gotten to do uh maybe being at home a little bit more than you obviously would have been during these last several months anything um you've you've gotten to do at home that maybe you you otherwise wouldn't have had a chance to do well just the fact that i haven't been on an airplane since march is wild it's normally twice a month where i'm leaving so my husband and i have spent the most time together since we've ever been together so it's really nice to get that time i've groomed my dog for the first time (laughs) spent a lot more time reading and played a lot of board games uh one game i've gotten good at is beat saber it's a virtual reality game and so i was doing that as a little bit of cardio in the beginning of quarantine as well so um, definitely it's a lot of quality time that's been really sweet (laughs) it has there's been a lot of quality time for all of us and it has been definitely a uh, a different experience kelsey really really appreciate the time thanks for doing this and and uh, good luck as you continue in your training and, and kind of gear up for for the for everything coming in, in 2021. Thanks for uh, spending some time with us and, and good luck as you uh, continue to, to do all that. Thanks so much, Nick. I really appreciate it. That's Kelsey World Dahlia uh, getting ready for the 2021 now Olympic Games in Tokyo. Big thanks to her for joining us this week. Some some great stuff there and, and certainly hope uh, you enjoyed hearing from her and her experiences during this pandemic and, and getting back to training now for 2021. And of course, uh, sharing a lot from her time at UofL. Uh, another big thanks to Kelsey for joining us this week. Again, we appreciate however you have found the podcast, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Uh, Subscribe. If you get a chance, click that subscribe button and uh, you'll never have to miss an episode. You can certainly uh, download it and stream it as well 
on uh, any of those podcast platforms, and we would appreciate you throwing a rating our way as well. That'll do it for us this week. Thanks again for joining us. I'm Nick Curran. We'll catch you next time. This is Welcome to the Ville, the official podcast of the Louisville Cardinals. (laughs) 